This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Think of all the stories, uh, referring back to Margaret's uh, segment just a moment ago as we were speaking of the Queen, some of the myths and some of the information that Margaret had in Rum, as you said to her, fantastic stuff. Um, you know, you think about how many people have said, I didn't realize this would mm-hmm. affect me as much, as much as I appreciated the Queen, respected her. So many people really taking that pause and stopping. And I know it's brought a lot of questions as to time off work on Monday for the funeral and things like that. And it's it's really interesting how so many people freely, openly say, wow, I'm really struggling with this. Yeah. I, I didn't realize. And in my experience, it's because I'm learning so much about her that... It just kind of feels personal to her, right? As you guys are talking about the World War, um, like what she was doing during World War II and and helping out behind the Mm -hmm. scenes and all these things. And what was important to her too, before she became queen, when she was queen, uh, all these little pieces of how we feel in touch with her from one human being to another. I think that's what's kind of grabbing at heartstrings here. Yeah, I believe so. Very much so, and should, ladies and gentlemen, a real classy person that we're talking about, but also incredibly down to earth. We're joined by Jim Crisco. He, of course, out in Edmonton, Alberta, is our uh, development uh, content development specialist out there. Uh, James, what's the closest that you came to one of the Queen visits? I, I think she'd been out there in Edmonton when you've been around there. Yes, uh, in you your know what? Time. Absolutely, in my time, absolutely. And you know what, what's funny, and it was just to, to what you and Remyo were talking about, uh, it kind of hit hits home because I remember I was about maybe 12 or 13 years old, and uh, she was in town, I think it was for the Commonwealth Games in 78. Right. And my my mom, I mean, my mom was a single mom. My dad passed away um, when I was young. And she took me, you know, two bus rides to get downtown in order to see the Queen uh, in person, and it meant that much to her. Mm. And it, it really, it, now it's hitting, you know, my mom passed away a number of years ago as, as well, but now it's hitting home that that's how much it meant to my mom even yes. to see the queen. She took me downtown, and I remember I climbed up on this little piece of scaffolding, and I held my camera up in the air, and I got a picture of the queen's hat <laughs> as she <laughs> was wow, walking though. past, because that's about as close as I got. But I was probably, you know, 10 or 15 feet away or or whatever, but barely she was barely visible because she was quite tiny but um it, you know it, it and it hits home now because yeah she was kind of she had that impact on multiple generations mm-hmm. she's the only queen that you know people of of our vintage knew um so yeah it it, it really is kind of sobering well i know that we were talking the other day about the picture at the winnipeg arena and you, I'm sure, remember many times that that picture would be shown on Hockey Night in Canada and just reflect. But years ago, and the presence of our connection with the monarchy was so evident. You know, I know as a child, and certainly before before me, before I was ever born, uh, I remember my father at his work. He worked with the war vets um, as as in a hospital here in London. And on one of her four visits, uh, she stopped to talk to the boys that were with him. And I remember him coming home because he right there was standing there with the queen talking to them. 
And it, it just was, he was in awe just of the person. He said, she did nothing but speak to each person that she talked to and pay them the strictest attention. So mm. really wonderful stuff. Uh, Jimmy, we better jump into what we've got today because I know we could c- continue talking. We'll stick with Alberta since we were talking about the visit there. A new program in Lethbridge is uh, planning to get adults with developmental disabilities into the workforce. Can you tell us all about this? Yes, this is a, a wonderful program that they're they're introducing. It's actually being introduced by the Lethbridge Family Services and its De, De Capo Disability Services Department. And what they're doing is this this is a, a program, they're, they're calling it Reaching Independence Through Skills and Employment, so RISE. Uh, and it'll be a 10-month employment skills center certificate program for adults uh, with disabilities, uh, training them in, in two d- separate methods. Uh, and this is actually what makes it interesting as well. They have in-class learning and they have work experience practicums. So this, the week will be split up between the two. Uh, and it uh, it gives them opportunities to, to advance personal development while building knowledge and skills, and it prepares them for the labor market. Market. Um, it's going to be held at the YMCA, uh, and and uh, what they're what the reason they they sort of um, launched this is they they realize that there's over uh, 500 individuals that could be eligible for such a program in their area. So they decided this is the this is the way we want to do it. We want to to introduce this. So it'll only have well, it'll have about 20 seats available at the start date, which is January 9th. 2023. So great, great work out there um, in Lethbridge uh, to get, you know, some really good employment uh, training happening for adults. That's amazing. And 20 seats. I know for a lot of people, they'll stop and say, oh, that's not a lot. But you know what? That's better than the big zero that we see often. And when there could be movement, this is movement, Jim. Absolutely. And typically, you know, something like this, it'll start with 20 seats. But if there's an interest in it and it's popular, they'll grow it. So it's a great start. And they'll learn along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's move over to the University of Saskatchewan where uh, they've launched a suicide prevention strategy. Strategy. How's this going to work? What they're doing, um, and keep in mind, this is being launched at the U- University of Saskatchewan. They have a lot of resources there to be able to build a program like this. But they're also looking to share um, this information with other campuses around uh, around the province and probably around the country um, to help students because they've identified that you know student life can be very stressful uh, and and unfortunately that uh, some people sometimes people will turn to thoughts of suicide mm-hmm. uh, so during that time so what they're doing is they're putting together uh, uh, it's basically a program and it, it's it's a toolkit it's an awareness program it's supports within the university. In order to get people, uh, not only people who um, may have considered suicide or may be considering suicide, but also support for people around them, family members who may be touched uh, by suicide in other ways. So they're they're really getting this this program uh, in place in the university, so people have multiple ways to be able to reach out and get help. and And one of the the um, uh, it's a, it's a simple, um, I, I guess, campaign in the way that there's two questions that you can ask somebody that really help. And we should all know this and we should all uh, really work with this going through the future. One of them is asking somebody, are you okay? And the second one is telling someone you are not alone. Mm. 
Those are the two foundational things of this program. And it's so important and we should all know it and we should all share it with others. Because if you simply ask, are you okay? You can start a conversation that can get someone to, towards yeah. help. And to let them know you're not alone takes a burden, can, t- can start to take a burden off someone who may be having negative thoughts. So, you know, the, the, when I when I saw this, I thought, what a what a great um, great start and a great way to to help and reach out in the community. And it's such a serious and very. It can feel like a very overwhelming concept to digest, Jim. When we're thinking suicide prevention and how can we as individuals. Uh, be part of making this better for somebody else. And it's such a big thing to kind of wrap your head around sometimes. But just going back to the basics and the questions that you said, are you okay and you're not alone, these two things that you can offer somebody makes a huge, a world of a difference. And um, especially the the are you okay, I really love the phrasing of that compared to how are you because are you mm-hmm. okay gives people that moment to be vulnerable. Uh, which I think is a really important part that some that you're reaching out to somebody somebody in a um, genuine way and that they can respond to you in a genuine way without the mechanical answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if we've learned anything in the last couple of years of the pandemic, is it's okay to not be okay. Right. Yes. That, yes. You know, everyone has gone through uh, I, I'm s- certain stressful times, and uh, and it's okay to reach out for help or to to, to accept help. And it shows that you're noticing when you ask someone if they're okay, you've noticed that they might not be, right? And that's um, also, it's like lending a hand. It's something that you're putting out there saying, hey, uh, you know, if you want to talk, I'm here. Are you okay? Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I have uh, family members with, uh, a family member with um, uh, anxiety disorder mm-hmm. and and um, it it's, people sometimes try to dance around these difficult topics because they think it's better if we don't talk about it right yep. yeah. but it's not it's no. better to reach out and Absolutely. it's better to 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 you know ask them directly how it is because they sometimes really really want to talk but yes. don't think they can yeah. yeah jim we have about a minute and a half for your last one here on the topic of mental health supports in saskatchewan more students are set to benefit with um more, more mental health capacity building within schools what are these supports and where will they be rolled out what they're doing is they, um they've put uh, they did a, a pilot project uh last year of five schools <clears throat> that was uh, about what they call it is mental health capacity building and uh it is it is just it is very similar to this program but it's there for all forms of mental mental health not only for children but children youth and anyone involved with children so that they can you know have have the have the um resources to reach out if you have any um you know mental health issues or or anticipating any mental health issues amongst people you know so i just would like you to know the the um the pilot sites or that i'm sorry the sites that are being added this year are Churchill Community High School in LaRange, Prince Albert Collegiate Institute in, in Prince Albert, St. John Community uh, School in Prince Albert, Weyburn Comprehensive in, uh, High in Weyburn, and Dr. Brass School in Yorkton. So these are being added to five more that were, at, were in last year. So uh, once again, the supports are there. The supports are there for students, um, but not only students, but for families, um, for educators, anyone that's involved with young people. 
Awesome. James, thank you. Fedora's off to all of these pieces. These are so important, and we need to be in the know. We need to know that they're out there, that people are out there. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Take care, guys. Have a great week. Yeah, you too, man. Uh, Jim Crisco, anything that he mentioned, you can find on our blog, ami.ca slash Kelly Co. And we visit with uh, our content development specialists here on Kelly and Company on Wednesdays and Fridays during the program. Always wonderful to catch up with them and see what's going on. In the next hour of the program, September 13th is National Sepsis Awareness Day in Canada. Registered nurse Leslie Depoe informs us about this condition. We flip through some quirky stories from around the globe on what in the world. In a moment, though, Bill Shackleton joins us. It's the Wednesday edition of The Buzz. We'll start hour two of the program after this. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.